Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Q&A Quest. I am your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... Me, Fanboy Master, David McBurney, whatever you want to call me, I'll probably respond. Can I call you Bob? I mean, if you want, as long as you're consistent about it. Alright, Bob. And we have two guests with us this time. Um, How often does that happen? It has not happened at all, actually. Yeah, this is actually a first. Yay! Uh, so introduce yourself, guests. Two most guests. prolific guests. Yes, well, that's true. Um, see, I'm the frequently on Kaiji Monogatari, a.k.a. Michael Baker, calling him from Japan. It is impressive that we get you on so often with the absurd time difference, I must say. Well, this time, thank goodness for junior high and high school exam schedules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because between the test times and the preparation for test times, my only actual class at the school this week was a kindergarten class. Uh-huh. Yes, we read Maisie's Christmas Eve. It was very nice. <laughs> uh, who is our fourth guest, and has he collapsed from a sinus infection yet? Um, uh, hopefully I'm still not. Up. Uh, this is Eric RPG again, now with a sinus infection. Yay! But not yay. yay. <sighs> and we are actually recording this before I put up ep- episode 57, so... Uh, you better get around to that soon. It's so yes. weird that Wheels just sat on a recording for as long as he has. Cause, like, there's no real reason for it to have waited this long. It's been like two weeks now, hasn't it? Yeah, I got... The I, recording was at least a week ago. Yeah, I I got sick over the Thanksgiving holiday, and that's the excuse I'm going to go with, and it has nothing to do with randomly getting sucked into Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, no, no, if, if it's Thanksgiving, blame it on the poultry guys that poisoned you. Okay. I, yeah. Did you get lost in the amazing soundtrack? I have probably listened to that soundtrack uh, more than I've actually played the game. <laughs> so yeah, uh, looking forward to two. In fact, I just got the notification that my copy shipped. So what the shift? Sorry, I was not paying attention. <laughs> you play Chronicles too? Yeah, I think my copy shipped as well. Also, my I have to pick it. I have to pick it up. Also, my exactly. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 controller. Oh, you went in for the Pro Controller that is also red sometimes. Yeah, I need another one because I don't really like playing with the Joy-Cons, and my son likes the Pro Controller, the so he's usually <laughs> using the Pro Controller. How old is he now? He is four, and but he will be five in two weeks. Oh, Ooh. God. How has yeah. it been that long? I don't know. <laughs> Happy birthday to him. Thank By you. the time this goes up, it will be happy birthday to him. <laughs> Probably, yes. Yeah. So, happy birthday, whatever your name is. PJ. PJ. Happy birthday, PJ. Happy birthday, PJ. I will make sure I to... promise I'm not thinking about Goof Trip right now. <laughs> I was actually thinking of something positive myself, but okay. <laughs> I'm a child of the 90s, and the 90s I must live with. Could have gone with the Goofy movie. Yeah, they're basically no, the same thing, no dude. Goofy movie. 
Well, <laughs> one, I would rather go with a goofy movie than Goof Troop. Let's be real. One here. has really mm. good songs, and one is the the lesser of the afternoon animated shows. I feel like we could make like it like okay. The best thing that came out of Goof Troop was the SNES game directed by Shinji Mikami. <laughs> Yeah, I was not that. a fan of the original show. <laughs> not good. We, we should not have this discussion. But, but um, I, I haven't seen an extremely goofy movie. I have not either, and I feel that it's a good thing. Okay, thing so, about... discussion topic. Should Kingdom Hearts do a spinoff that is based completely on the Disney Afternoon TV series? Uh, only if it includes both versions of DuckTales. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. Okay, so we have split dimensions. Okay, two different versions of DuckTales. Darkwing Duck, which is officially not in the same universe, apparently, because the creator is an idiot. And then what? Yeah, seriously, he made an official statement a couple years back. Well, the, that the would explain why Launchpad's not in that, two places at once. <laughs> it's mostly just him being like, eh, I mean, like, our Launchpad's a little different than the other one. doesn't really matter. There's no continuity between the two shows. Well, except two characters in common, but um, I always figured it was more of Launchpad actually kind of expanding his character a bit. That'd be silly. This, this is Disney Afternoon. It's just a different amount of If they wanted to make it work, they could have just had Launchpad get fired from uh, St. Bernard's um, location. Well, St. Bernard was the city... Uh, actually, no, Saint, I was thinking Crick keeps his that. Never mind. Yeah, from St. Canard. Uh, I'm getting my TV shows mixed up. But yes, Tailspin, another one to add into this concept. I wish I liked Tailspin. I don't know, I had, I had a student who was like in second grade over here who absolutely loved my Tailspin DVD. That's surreal. Tailspin, oh, yes. Tailspin. The show that I never got to. to. He loved to sing along to the theme song. <laughs> But he couldn't quite understand what everyone was saying on the DVD. <laughs> <sighs> Important English lessons. Yes. Well, in, in phrases like little britches. Well, the new DuckTales show, I believe, ref- referenced all these shows in the first episode, which is pretty cool. It also references gummy bears, of all things. Did it? Weird. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, gummy bears and rescue rangers would be the two hard ones. Gummy bears bouncing here and there. I can't and believe how long we've been discussing this already. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> we are the gummy four, bears. When you get no. four nerds around a virtual table, this is what happens. It's like, like, hey, remember, remember TV show from too long ago? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, the fun <laughs> story. Far too many. Fun story. Oh, do you, do you, I, I still remember this one TV show in like mid '80s about this garage band that got sucked into an alternate dimension by this weird, bizarre guy with a huge lantern jaw who wanted to make him the musical slaves. And oh, then they, wow. dr- they drove around in this humongous. It used to be a truck, but it turned into like a three-story RV. Wow! What if Darkwing Duck is actually just Launchpad's fever dream from Ducktales? It's actually what the new launch pad from DuckTales in the first episode when he gets concussed. That's what he dreams about when they're stupid <laughs> enough to let him fall. Seriously? No. Speaking of Darkwing Duck, shouldn't the reboot TV series have to be happening next year? Uh, I believe so. Are they? It better be. Well, we would hope so. Uh, 
Well, then, so I know they were doing a comic book by it. I think there was. Yeah, that comic book was a while ago, I think. I'm trying to remember how many Negaducks there were. There were like three. <laughs> I hate <Okay>. this life. <laughs> Shall we actually get onto a question or something? Well, I was going to say before that uh, while playing Halo multiplayer back in the day, I used to randomly break out in the Gummy Bears theme song to mess with people. I'm <laughs> sure they loved that. Hey, it's good times. It, it would not... It would not be the weirdest juxtaposition of music I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> I've I mean, here and there and everywhere. That's true. I mean, I, I've, I've told you guys about Linda Cubed before, right? Oh, man, yeah. I love Linda Cubed. Mm. And the bo- the story boss of the first scenario mm. being, oh, yeah. a, being a Hulk-sized masked serial killer who looks like a cross between Jason Voorhees and Santa Claus. <laughs> Because he's actually dressed in a Santa Claus suit with the, the mask. And the the final boss music for the first half of that battle is, in fact, Jingle Bells. <laughs> because it's also the location theme of, of Christmas-themed town in that game. Oh just, just an entire, just an entire like, long list of RPGs oh. where you fight Santa Claus now. Do you know any others where you actually fight Santa Claus? Because I know two others that have Santa Claus as an NPC or as a legend. Hmm. I mean, I obviously, like there has Secret to be of other Mana. Ones. Yeah, okay. Secret of Mana. Technically, you did fight Santa Claus in Secret of Mana, but he was mutated into a giant frost giant at that point. That made it even better. It was completely yeah. insane. <laughs> oh, but Wheels, Wheels. One of the other Santa Claus references I can think of Metal Saga DS. There is a town in that game that worships Santa Claus. Oh my god. There's this terrible platformer called Days Before Christmas, but one of the one of the power ups turns into a devil Santa. Oh really? I think, I think it's coffee of all things. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. But oh this um this metal metal saga story gets better though. The Santa that they are venerating was actually a Santa costumed maniac driving a tank. The Santa of Claus. Town from monsters many decades ago, and then he, um, the, like he went in to kill a monster in a cave, and the cave got sealed in, and he was stuck there. But they still remember his. They still treasure his memory by decorating the very Shinto-esque holy tree, and waiting for something to come down the natural stone chimney, from the, from the cliffs above the town, which is how. Metal Max has a lot to say about cargo cults. It's a goddamn shame you never got those. I think it's got at least one cargo cult in almost every single game of the series. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. I was worried when X was announced, but maybe it'll be just as crazy as this other stuff. Metal Max Xeno? Yeah. We have to hope. We have to hope. It's got a whole lot of craziness to live up to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have now officially hit like five of our usual subjects of things that have to happen every episode. (laughs) 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 We have hit our Metal Max quota, but. Metal Max, Linda Cube, getting sidetracked on discussion of old TV shows. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, we still do actually have Metal Max Xeno to, to consider since we've just got some new. Oh, there's new info on that? I hadn't heard. Oh, they had some new screenshots and introduction to about six characters. Oh, wow. Nice. Yep. 
including, um, oh, what was her name? The android full name was, um, let's see, post-human modified class M android. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> or for short, Poem. Moe? Poem. Poem. Literally P O colon M, capital M. Wow. Yep. Well, I see what you've done there. Yep. Then you've got the uh, the tall bald guy who um, with the Italian name and the short afroed guy with elf ears who's actually Japanese. So. Okay then. Yeah, this is sounding just as uh, insane as the rest of the series. And, and this is the support cast so far. So. Think of what we could have. These tanks look good. They're properly yeah. tanky. Oh, I mean, that's one thing the series will always get right. It's the tanks. I'm just waiting to see if they can top the insanity of the char- of the um, character list from number four. Needs more dog tank. It needs another luchador wear panda. Also good. <laughs> oh my god. Because that, seriously, that is that is not only a boss in Metal Max 4, that's also a recruitable character. <laughs> and she and in human form, she does dress as a luchador, with mask and all. That, that is freaking amazing. Okay. Alright, uh, questions or something? Yes, please, before we get distracted by more Metal Max. Distracted by distraction. <laughs> Alright, so we have a question here from Victor. Uh, I wish more RPGs would change up their regular battle music more often. Uh, Did we do this one the last episode? You know what, I don't care. If we did already, anyway. We got more guests anyway. A few RPGs have done this, but most stick with the same song, and it gets very played out by the end, especially in long games. Is it really that expensive to play a pay a music composer for a few more battle songs? Probably. Or is there some other reason while shuffling... Why shuffling between four more regular battle themes is the norm. Edit. Shout out to Mario plus Rabbits for getting it right and having a variety of different battle songs. The ga- that game's incredibly fun. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, first point, music does cost money. Mm-hmm. Second point, games have definite budgets. Third point, music is usually not very high on the list of priorities. Which is a shame. Music also oftentimes comes fairly late in the process when there's enough game to compose around. And also, just just where do you even put, like, where do you even decide which battle theme to use if you've got more than one? Yeah. Well, um, you could go, like, with, what was it, Um, Endless Frontier Exceed, the sequel that America never got. Oh, yeah, I remember that. See, all, see, um, all eight playable characters or character pairs have their own personal theme. Plus, I'm pretty sure every single one of the eventually recruitable um, rivals, antagonists, NPCs, or for, um, former villains who end up being backup characters also have their own themes, and any single one of them can get shuffled through the battle as a battle theme as long as that character is in the party. Or actually, that's, yeah, that reminds me of uh, that's in step with Super Robot Wars Original Generation, which by this yes. point. Almost every ca- What's really fun is that a lot of characters have their own themes, but also a lot of their robots have their own themes. Yes. So um, we can take that as the, uh, the Super Robot War series as a whole has just, by process of accretion, just 
gained a ridiculously long soundtrack. And so that's how they can pull this off. Yeah, they even made one of the characters' themes into a joke. Like, uh, just because it played... Like, there's a bug in the GBA version of Super Robot Wars OG1 that causes one of the characters' themes to play over every other piece of music in the game. <laughs> um, like, isn't that, is that the same character who appeared in Project Cross Zone? Uh, no. The oh, one okay. in Cross Zone is Sanger Zonvolt, who's, like, his best friend. But, like, Elzam, like, has a thing... Like, the, ca- the game is supposed to have musical priority, so, like, boss themes are supposed to play over character themes because they're... Well, they're really only ever going to play once. But, yes. uh... But Elzam's music is bugged, so, like, he's a boss for a long portion of the game, but, you know, eventually he joins you, and his music will always play over everything else. I I can see a lot of just completely ridiculous jokes coming off of this, yes. Yeah, I think in one of the alpha games they put him in, there's, like, a joke where, like, his music finally gets overridden by something, but it's because it's literally like someone has attached speakers to their robot and is playing something else. (laughs) Well, I can think of a few other games that had switch-ups on the music, but in a lot of cases that was because the music was actually an integral element of the gameplay. Um, like um, Sigma Harmonics. You guys remember that one? I've heard the name, but I don't know much about it. It was a like a, um, a um, mystery, ed, um, mystery visual novel type RPG, and you actually had to change the musical balance in order to change the um, your combat characters' tactics in battle. That's incredibly meta. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main character who's actually solving all these mysteries, um, he's doing it by, like, extracting literal sound bites from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, of crystallized clues. But So he waves this conductor's baton, and so he's directing his friend as she attacks. So that's why they have the, all the music changes. Mm-hmm. And then there was also um, Moon the RPG remix adventure on PlayStation where you so, could collect you could collect magic discs or MDs with different clips of music like 50 of these things and you could just mix and match characters just carrying around their mini disc player pretty much yeah <laughs> um, and so there's one or two um, puzzles in the game that only work if you change the music oh that's cute yep <clears throat> I think we're on, like, the... Uh, I think, as far as English speakers are concerned, we're at, like, five attempted and failed fan translations of Moon Remix RPG. Um, yeah, imagine trying to... Um, imagine a game like Miss, but uh, 50 times more on LSD. <laughs> Take that and realize it's not in a language that's immensely compatible with English, and then try to translate that sucker. Yeah, no, I don't blame them. It's just one of those things where it's, like... People want this to come out, and it's going to take basically someone destroying their lives to make it happen. (laughs) On the plus side, they do not need to worry about the voice acting at all, because nobody (laughs) understands the voice acting. It's charming gibberish. (laughs) It's every single character in the game has a different voice actor who's been sampled in some random language, and then the language has been scrambled. Huh. So the little the little old grandma who kind of adopts you at the beginning of the game, she is very obviously speaking something that was supposed to be French. Hmm. It's not French. Yeah, obviously, but but it sounds like it. So different ca- characters 
have voices sampled from French, Spanish, German, English, I think Indonesian, Korean, Chinese, a few things I don't reckon I was never able to find out. So everyone's speaking a mutually incompatible form of Simlish. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no need to worry about the voice acting in that game because nobody worries about the voice acting in that game. Nice. Um, the final, I mean, the the closing theme song is basically done in, um, you know, how some j styles of jazz have the da 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 um, the, just the random babbling syllables. Mm-hmm. The entire final theme of that game is sung like that. <laughs> um, partly in English, partly in just that. And it is so weird. It's like Simlish, but like on drugs. <laughs> like the rest and of the game, it sounds said, like. As I said, if you, if you wanted to make a game like Myst, but decided that you wanted to take a couple tabs of LSD at the same time, <laughs> this is the game. Oh, speaking of LSD, that's a game. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, but okay, la last parting comment on Moon. This is a game where psychedelic mushrooms are actually a key to one of the puzzles. Good. Down yes. for it. Yes. Okay. Okay, but um, anything else for music? Anything else? For um, the Atelier series has managed to oh, accumulate yeah. a good selection, and it's usually, um, at least for the last. I guess three game um, series generations. It's been pretty good about including former soundtracks as well. Yeah, Gus always seems to be good about their musical soundtracks. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to like sample things from previous like games, you can actually like save yourself some in enough musical budget to add more distinct types of themes, which is I think something that's showing up as a theme at this point. Yeah. There was a nice uh, touch in like uh, Final Fantasy XV where you could travel around to basically. Uh, the I love how every gas station has a different selection yeah. of Final Fantasy soundtracks. You can basically get all the Final Fantasy soundtracks and cruise around to you know whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Your, which means that I'm constantly listening to the Cosmo Canyon theme. Which means that everyone should be listening to the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack. No, listen to Cosmo Canyon on a loop and you can't stop me. I can, and I will, sir. I'm not sure how you intend to do that. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Guys, do I need to really bring in the Final Fantasy VII um, remix on hard drives? Or actually disk drives now? Oh, man. Have you heard that? No. So there's this guy who... <coughs> takes old disk drives and he tunes them so that since they always make a certain noise when they're reading disks and he's found ways of playing music by having these things do some what? disk reading. <laughs> the one I've seen the most of is the one that's uh, the at Doom's Gate Doom one Doom E1M1 theme but there's there's a lot of these. He, he hooked one together with 16 different drives, I think it was 16, for um one of the major Final Fantasy, actually the major Final Fantasy fights, um, combat theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was more used than those disk drives were getting before then, so. <laughs> Good times. Alright, anything else from anybody? 
Not that I can think of. Alright, so we'll move on to the next question. Once my computer screen comes back on. Uh, this is from Budai. 2017 was a hallmark year for gaming. Zelda, Nier, Yakuza, Mario, Horizon, East 8. Let's maybe not go all in on that one. <coughs> Persona 5. I've heard that it's a very, very good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big hole. I'm going to say that it's not going to properly launch until next year. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Persona 5, Divinity 2, which I keep forgetting exists. Tales original of... Sin 2, that's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Divinity Original Sin 2, sorry. Uh, Tales of Berseria. That Did that come out this year? Yes. It like January, dude. Yeah, damn. A uh, lot of stuff came out in January. <laughs> it was weird. With Xenoblade 2 coming out, the list goes on to some honorable mentions. Game of the Year choices will be hard. Any general thoughts on this lineup? Uh, Zelda is the Game of the Year. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> mm. Well, RPG of the Year. Boom. Shots I'd fired. Probably, <laughs> I'd probably give that to Nier instead. Uh, yeah. I need to actually like, properly actually play has a Nier. of Nier is amazing. I mean, really, Game of the Year for me is Mario. and that, But since we are in an Mario RPG site... not an RPG by yes. any stretch of the imagination. Yes. So. Uh, my vote would be Zelda. Zelda, maybe Persona 5. Like, I still haven't really bitten into Nier. Like, I got it, I played a few hours, and it's like, this looks good, but I also haven't had enough mustard interest to keep going with it. Well, I hear some cool dude reviewed Zelda on our site and gave it a 5 out of 5. Oh, man. Who's this, who's this clever, handsome stranger? Yeah, no idea. It's a mystery to everyone. It's a secret to everybody. Uh, anyone? No, I, I haven't actually played any of these games. I don't actually <laughs> in the system to play many of these games. Um, and uh, I'm uh, going to assume that you're going to recommend every single one of them to me anyway. Yes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Switch seems to be doing well for itself in Japan, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, most of the major retailers over here have signs saying that, sorry, we don't have any Switches right now. <laughs> I was just looking at the last week's sales, and it was 150,000 units, so... Yeah. Damn. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, it appears to have been 70% of hardware sold at all, so... I was going to say... I'm sure that... So, oh, man, that just... Now I just remembered that since we last aired, I think, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 got announced. That's right. Uh, yeah. So there were a lot of other games that came out this year that may have gotten lost in the shovel, shuffle, which uh, before the show I was asking for questions. So like I said, this is being recorded before I put up last episode. So I kind of threw it out there, you know, what are some of your, uh, you know, underappreciated games, yeah, underappreciated games this year. Got some interesting responses, but before we take a look at those, uh, have you guys played any, like, lesser... I don't want to say lesser releases, but... Uh, Ones that might get lost in the yeah, shuffle. Yeah, overlooked or underappreciated games this year. Uh, let's see. Um, I played Children of Zodiacs, which is one of the bleakest um, tactical RPGs I've ever played, and that's saying something for this genre. Yeah, tactical RPGs tend to be a little uh, darker, more somber, so... 
How was yeah, this? One? Uh, How was I, this one darker? <laughs> um, well, it's all about one. Um, it's about this girl's uh, attempt to escape from a city over the course of one night. One night that's filled with a gang war between two opposing groups versus the incredibly corrupt um, police force versus a gang of nihilistic cannibals. Hmm. 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 And she is very nearly the only surviving major character by the end of it. Hmm. Um, it's... Um, well, when I did the review, my first one of my comments was, if you don't like heavy political commentary in your RPGs, you should better skip this one. Um, and I'm very ticked off. The, um, well, I, I did a, um, a Google search for other reviews just to, um, before while I was writing mine for this, mm -hmm. and somebody else had already used the best possible title for a review for this game. Hmm. Turn-based tragedy. Oh. I'm like, uh. <laughs> that would have been perfect. I wish I had thought of that three months ago, before I had even downloaded the game or had the chance to finish it. Um, yes. I don't think that came out in English. I don't know. Which one? Uh, Children of Zodiacs. I'm just. Um, it came out in English and French because it's a Montreal production. Ah, oh. okay, I just didn't even notice it. Très bien. And I really enjoyed some of the creative cussing that went into the French version. <laughs> um, because while the English version also had its fair share of cuss words, they tended to be mostly of the same tenor, or variations on the same three words. Whereas I learned some really interesting new vocabulary from the French version. <laughs> Fantastic new curse words. Yes. This French gets a lot more creative at times. <laughs> Whereas English tends to be kind of blunt and dirty. Fair. Yeah. I'm looking at this now. This looks interesting, and I'm going to do the terrible thing and just hope that it comes out on Switch. <laughs> but it is now on my radar, so that is an improvement. Mm -hmm. See, what else did I play? Well, let's see. Well, I mean, The Alliance Alive, which I really should do an impression of that sometime. When's it supposed to come out in English? I believe early next year. March. Okay. I'll try to have a, an impression ready for January then. Nice. So. Uh, I'm really hoping that that one is as good as it ought to be. Yeah. Well, here's hoping for a good translation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Atlas, also, so. Also, when you when you first start it up, um, or when you get a little ways into it, and you get the ornithopter, remember that that thing is not supposed to be an actual vehicle, it's supposed to be a tool for solving altitude-based puzzles. Hmm. If you try to actually fly too far in it, you are going to crash a lot. <laughs> ornithopter, <laughs> you say. That just makes me think of Magic the Gathering. Which makes this game more awesome. Yep. Um, what else have I played? I mean, I'm getting pretty close to the end game of Blazer Drive, which is that's, nice. That's the name. I have heard. I have not heard this name. I think <laughs> I mentioned it last time I was on, actually. Hmm. And that's the one with the the mystic stickers that you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shoot fireballs. Yes. 
Mr. I can't Kirk. think of any RPGs this year that were might have been overlooked because the only one I can think of that comes to mind I haven't played yet. That's Utawari Mono. But um, other than yeah. that, I've got visual novel recommendations. Um, Color X Malice. Um, I've only like one of the storylines in, and I'm only working on the second of like five storylines. But um, it is an atom. It's intensely an atome game because it plays more like a murder mystery, or well, sort of a murder mystery. But um, uh, it's more of a terrorist like adventure. That's than it is, really... <laughs> isn't actually an Otome. You're basically trying to solve, like, how to take down a terrorist group. That's quite a mix of genres going yeah. on there. But the um, Ota, I cannot pronounce Otome. that. The um. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, our reviewer gave it, I believe, a gave at least the second part of it a really good score, enough to make me interested in giving it a go. Uh, but yeah, I've not heard a lot of people talking about that, but apparently uh, the first half of it is somewhat slow, but it pays off with a really good second second game. So Two 80-hour games. Yeah, well... I feel, I feel like that's a franchise with a very devoted fan base, but it might not be a franchise that's going to grow its fan base very well. That sounds like anything made by Aqua Plus, so it's yeah. probably accurate. Yeah. And, and they're remaking the original game, but with the engine from the new game. Which should oh, be wow. interesting, because um, I mean, how much of the actual world background was explained in the second games set? Um, they basically mean they're a new story, and you don't necessarily have to play the original to get what's going on. So it doesn't mention anything about being, like, Earth five or six thousand years in the future doesn't mention the genetic engineering. Does not mention the proto humanoid. This is why we have cat girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> Evolution said it had to happen. Freaking insane. Um, once you actually discover a lot of the inner details, I mean, we're talking like Evangelion turned everybody into protoplasmic super entity. Insane. Oh heavens. Um, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a product of nineties anime. Yeah, it sounds it. I mean, like, I mean, this is where we get all the ridiculous cosmic level final battles in RPGs, for that matter. Mm. It's like, for some reason, the Japanese concept of power creep, actually, they don't really have a concept of power creep, they just have a logical power progression, where by the end of the story, you have to somehow be involved with some bizarre Gnostic understanding of the universe. (laughs) I mean, um, like, Last year I played um, the, the one, um, Cross of Venus, the RPG that's based on the sixth light novel series, like a huge crossover thing. Mm-hmm. So I had to read up on what these series were about, and three of them were kind of slice of life, and three of them were these weird fantasy light novels that literally ended with the main characters somehow rewriting the rules of reality. If not reset- I like the idea that there's no in-between on these two things. It was either slice of life or reality must be rewritten. <laughs> Yes. And it's just, this is not an exception to the rule over here in Japan. This is a fairly normal plot progression. (laughs) And this explains so much when you look at the RPGs and you wonder, okay, why is this final battle suddenly taking place in space? 
because that's where evil gods live. <laughs> well, that's the um, like the '90s anime concept of um, just power scaling. The final conflict has to somehow be something of cosmic importance. Zeromus. <laughs> it has to go. It has to go past Earth because Earth is just one place. Uh, yeah. Well, let's not forget Exodus and Neo Exodus, rather. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of Gurren Lagann, where the last oh, part, big battle involved literally slinging entire galaxies like they were softballs. <laughs> Gurren Lagann took things to its illogical extreme. What? What? Intentionally. But at the same time, I can believe that a Japanese animated series did that. Wait, wait. Yeah, I mean, like, any, as with anything in Gainax, it's also slinging with things that are very much like, oh yeah, this is also very heavily influenced by things we watched as children in, like, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and it gets weird. I mean, or um, the, the one anime, um, Big O, the ending of that thing. Oh man, that thing's crazy. Um, I mean, okay, Fully Cooly, that one is just... That one's... <laughs> Uh, I mean, when I watched Fully Cooley in college, my com- um, somebody asked me what it was about, and it was like, imagine if the spirit of Salvador Dali had just possessed an entire animation studio and made them do a four-episode OVA. They told us not to do the manga thing after the first episode, but... Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, how else do you... Ex- I mean... A giant built a factory that looks like an iron that releases steam, and then the giant alien robot that looks like a hand, whose entire purpose is to pick the iron up and then iron the planet flat. I love I love Fulikuli, and that's in part because I think I watched it like five times before I really like understood that there actually was some comprehensible meta plot that's going on beyond what the characters it, are talking about. The the entire thing is a metaphor for young male pubescence. Oh, definitely. What? It's a real, like, in some places it's a really heavy-handed one, and in some places it's a more uh, subtle one, but it's I mean, all... I mean, look, look, at the main, look at the main character. Most of his personal interacting, um, interactions have to do with the same three girls, who each represent a kind of different enigma to the young male mind, and at some point or other, something is always popping out of his head. Yeah. I mean, it could be like like whiskers, I'm um, like chin hairs for the first time, or it could be a giant zit parody. Except it's actually a giant horn that turns out to be the end of a guitar that somebody actually yanks out of his head. Meh. Yes. Oh, and of course, like how well, uh, how large of things you can pull out of your head is very important. Yes. However, the the one point where they actually switched into a South Park parody animation. Oh, that thing's crazy. Did what? Holy <laughs> coolie, it's really strange, Will. I've seen some of it. You haven't and, seen all of it, and, and that's the it, it hurt my brain. It's, it's only four episodes of OVA, okay? You should watch it sometime. It's, it it's gorgeous and really fun, even if you don't want to... Ridiculous. I, I wonder what the new series is going to be like. In I that think regard. It, 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 it will not. It, there's no way it could be as good because you're talking about lightning in the bottle here. Yeah, I just hope that it's okay. Like the, I'll settle for passable at this point. <laughs> like, but yeah, but going back to the the thesis here that for Jap- um, for Japanese writers and developers, mixing in a lot of really random Western metaphysics and Gnostic philosophy is a bonus item, and, ra- and cranking the 
power creep up to 11 to the 11th power is also acceptable. And so you end up fighting giant space fleas from nowhere on a ridiculously recurring basis. Also explains a lot about how Dragon Ball progressed as well. (laughs) Well, Part of the problem with Dragon Ball is that it kept going past the point where Toriyama wanted to stop it because the producers kept wanting to do more. So, I mean, the entire Z series was that, and then the entire Z series after Frieza was that. Yeah. Yep. But it just it like it, it explains a great deal because it's like, well, how do I escalate? Like Dragon Ball is a a like, well, where do I go from here if I have to keep making it bigger? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dragon Ball is an excellent example of this. But also made by someone who doesn't totally care, which is why you get villains named Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. <laughs> hey, I I I love- now we- and now we've got Gaza Destruction named after different types of wine and alcohol. Whatever happens to be in his fridge. I mean, he named the devil in the original Dragon Ball series after a small Italian flute, and then named all of the demonic familiars after different instruments. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't let myself get on Dragon Ball tangent. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, guess to to go really too much into the question that you guys went into last week. Yes, that's why we end up with fi- final bosses in space. So. Important space boss. That is good to know. That explains so much about so many games I played when I was younger. I mean, <laughs> Zeno Gears. Oh, do I have to? Uh, yeah, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, for the sake of this question, yes. Okay. There's so many random things about Zenigiris that are based heavily on some Japanese guy's partial concept of Gnostic philosophy. Yeah. Well, that one actually uses the terms that they're referring to, which makes it more obvious where they're just mishmashing things together. Yeah. But, I mean, you find this stuff all over the place. I mean, it's... I mean, at some point in the late 90s, it was considered feasible to just ask a Japanese person on the street about the predictions of Nostradamus, and they might have an idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I say this because somebody, or the guy who wrote Kerora Gunso, Sergeant Frog, oh, actually wrote in the King of Anglemois as a character <laughs> in, in the first volume of the manga, ongoing through the entire series, she is still in the series, but what? Um, but the month that she appeared in, in the actual month that that episode of the manga was published, mm-hmm. was supposed to have been the month that um, Nostradamus had predicted the King of Anglemois would appear. <laughs> <laughs> and there are there are um, like in, random people on the street in the manga commenting on, um, oh, did you um, see the bit on the news about Nostradamus? As if this is a normal conversation to be had. Yeah, you know, as you do. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I mean, you get all sorts of other random stuff. I mean, Final Fantasy Tactics and its Zodiac obsession. Yeah. Which, again, heavy Gnostic influence there because you have the Demiurge, who is actually who is pretending to be the Christ figure. 
Gnosticism is uh the Demiurge also showed up in Persona Five. Yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised. I mean, if you want to, I mean, so there's a lot of Gnosticism late in that game. Or Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah. You, you think, um, you think you have freed God, and it turns out it's the devil. Isn't that uh, like similar themes approached in Six? I think I can't remember. No, in Six you had a you had the monster God. In another dimension, and he kept trying to reach into mm-hmm. the real world and creating various monsters, and he was sending parts of himself as demon lords. I remember this only because I read the manga. Yeah, it seems more obvious to and a more clean way to remember Six's story than and actually seven, playing Six. Um, you actually end up killing the demon god, but he comes back as a zombie. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, everything but else gets to come back as a zombie. My my favorite part of the Dragon Quest VI manga, though, is like there was one final demon, um, Dark Lord, that you had to fight before you got to the final boss in the last level in the game. Mm-hmm. And so in the manga, he appears and he's standing strong as I am, da 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 da, and then Terry just slashes straight through him, and they keep walking. It's kind of like how the ending of the secret boss works out. Like, oh, yeah. I'll fight the final boss for you. <laughs> Dead. That's the that's the best reward for killing a bonus boss in any game. Yeah. I know. I'm sure I can think of a, one or two really good bonus bosses. Uh, yeah, but like it, it's all about it's not so much the boss itself, but the reward you get for doing it, which I think right. it's getting to see the bonus boss fight the actual final boss is up there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> So, so yeah, Blazer Drive is getting weird too. We've got interdimensional gates. We have an extra-dimensional source of mysticers. The main, the main character's best friend since childhood turns out to actually be a humaniform mysticer. <laughs> she does not realize this until she's forced to transform. Um, I'm waiting to see what other insanity keeps happening. Um, but yeah that's that's an important plus, like fever dream nightmare to have oh it turns out you were a sticker the whole time yeah. plus for some reason I, I'm still trying to figure out the what lack of logic went behind the separation of the different areas of a city that is supposedly Tokyo mm-hmm. except it's got 13 different districts and like one of them is a jungle one of them is a desert another, <laughs> another one is basically Venice um, one of them has had to deal with a small land area, so they actually used anti-gravity mysticers to raise a huge or a minor island up off the ground, like similar to the end of Age of Ultron, and then put an anti-gravity theme park on both sides of it. <laughs> you have to use a Ferris wheel to travel from one end to the other. Tokyo has fallen upon hard times. Tokyo has turned into... 13 different variations of Final Fantasy 7 locations. I'm glad that there was a gold saucer at the very least. Yes. I mean, we got at least two versions of the gold saucer, several versions of Midgard, um, a couple others that are just weird. Um, yes. And in the one area that actually looks like a 1970s rundown version of 
a Japanese city, there is an old game center with a huge billboard next to it that has a very obvious parody of Valkyrie, um, Valkyria Chronicles <laughs> as advertised. Uh, um, they changed the, they changed one of the kanji in the title, but it is very obviously in the same style of um, design. It's a Sega-produced game. Okay. <laughs> yes. <coughs> everything, makes, everything falls into place. Yes. Sega. Yep. But anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to finishing this one eventually. I just I'm interested in hearing more <laughs> updates about it because it sounds insane. It is, yes. Um, I need to figure out what to play next, too. Uh, well, you should try my underappreciated game so far this year. Oh, we'll be back you in a tell, couple minutes. You tell. Has Been Heroes. So, this is from the developers of uh, Trine, the Trine series. And... Um, <laughs> so how it works is, uh, have you ever played Plants vs. Zombies before? No, but I've seen it. Okay, so you've got three... Remember, ca- I, I don't do iPads at all. I don't do um, iWhatevers at all. Okay. So. Well, this is on PC and consoles and everything, thankfully. But, uh, you, you get three characters and they each have, they're each in, like, a lane and you have to, like, maneuver them around to attack oncoming waves of enemies. Uh, the way it works is all enemies have like a certain number of shields and each of your, your characters have one, two, and three attacks that they can then recharge uh, that they can then recharge respectively so you have to do a lot of math to so what happens is you have to like get the exact right number of hits on an enemy's shield to do the maximum damage so say you know they have five then you obviously you have to hit them with the character that has three attacks, the character that has two attacks, and then you can hit, a, hit it with any of the other characters to deal damage. So it's like this weird strategy RPG um, <coughs> maneuvering these characters around in battle, and it's also uh, a roguelike type game. So uh, if you die, obviously that's it and you have to start a fresh run but uh it's it's really really interesting and you can also uh get like spells and different ability upgrades as you go along and the only real downside is to it is uh as you play the game you'll unlock new things uh successful successfully completing like a run of the game uh, will actually make further runs longer. Like, when you beat one run, it adds, like, an additional section uh, to all your future runs, but you also unlock new heroes, new spells, and stuff like that that you can get on your runs. It's just this really interesting and pretty cool game. Um, so it's like Plants vs. Zombies mixed with Binding of Isaac and other games like that. It's it's really cool. And um, unfortunately, it did have some issues uh, in actually teaching you how to play the damn thing when it first launched, which have since they've since patched in like some better tutorials and stuff. Um, so it didn't exactly 
get like the greatest reception at its launch, but it's got it's gained like a cult following to some extent, and it's gotten some nice patches since then. So uh, I definitely highly recommend it to anyone that likes roguelike type games, or really anyone to try it since it's pretty cheap. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that might have been underappreciated this area here. Uh, Cold Sept Revolt would be a good one. Oh, was it an actually good game? It was. Uh, okay. Oh. For, for anyone unfamiliar with the series, it's like a mix of Monopoly and like collectible card games like Magic the Gathering. And it's not always of reliable consistency. True, and we have gotten, what, like, I think two of the games have been localized. Uh, My only real issue with it is that it's still largely based on luck, so you could end up with situations where you'll be playing a match longer than you intended because, you know, you won't have the enemy land on the squares you need because you can make all this territory and they still land on your squares. Yeah, that's true. It's not perfect, but I think it's there's really not too much else like it out there. And uh, and the game does a really good job of telling you how the mechanics work, unlike the other games. No, oh, it really does. It definitely does. <coughs> I remember playing uh, the 360 demo for the 360 version, and not really telling you how it played. Yeah. I think that's the, where I first came across the series as well, and uh, obviously did not get into a bunch then. But um, yeah, this this one's definitely a good one. I, I think it works much better on a portable. Uh, so I think it's a shame we didn't get like any of the other DS or. I think there was a PSP one. I don't remember. Yeah, it's a series I like, and it's a series I hope we get to see again. Uh, but, you know, who knows. Definitely, I definitely highly recommend it. Also, I think the artist is the same artist that did Code of Princess. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Definitely a very the, similar The uh, interestingly expressed musculature? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, so another game I want to talk about, which should, will probably end up being underappreciated, and you have played way more of than me, would be Demon Gaze 2, which I just recently started up, Eric. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm at the point where I'm at the end of the game, and just like the last time, I kind of just quit playing, because I've got a lot of other games to review. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like it improved quite nicely over the original. Yeah, um, and if you didn't like a lot of the lewdness aspects of the first game, this game's toned it down. That's good to hear. Yeah, and, but but I mean, it does take away like character customization. You can't make custom characters. Instead, your party members are the demons that you acquire. So like the only way to make customization is by par- party composition. But well, you're kind of stuck in like a few set classes until you get more demons. Yeah, 
Sounds like a Megaton game. Yeah. But, um, there's like 13 demons, and yes, they are, they are all based on the Chinese Zodiac. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's not really like Megaton. It's, uh... Uh, there's a very small number of demons you can get, and there's no fusing or anything like Although that. Although they completely rewrote Lizarim. Like, now he's a big, fat guy. <laughs> and, and, and his personality is mostly the same, only now he's more of a fat, obnoxious otaku than he is, um... whatever he was in the first game. Just a weirdo. Yeah, I don't remember. It's... You know, I, I, really, I really liked a lot about the first game, but it had some, some major issues... And they completely redesigned. They got a new artist on there, so they redesigned like the returning characters. Like, um, other than Lazarum, they've got um, Castell and uh, Prometh. You can still tell who they are, but they look really different now. If you knew who they were in the first place. Yeah. I'm still thinking 13 characters for 12 signs of the Chinese Zodiac. So, oh. do, we have a cat? <laughs> so do, do we have a cat in there? Uh, I mean, that would, I be, so. that would be the equivalent of doing Ophiuchus for the Western Zodiac for number 13. Yeah, but they can't exactly have a phoenix, so they replaced phoenix with peacock. <laughs> that's close enough. That works. Yeah, that's all right. Makes about as much sense as some of the stuff that showed up in um, Unchained series. Oof. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with them. Excuse my disappearance. It's all right. I'm okay with them toning down the lewdness between this and Demon Gaze One because it didn't really add, oh, didn't really add I anything to the first. One of the game. demons is actually a scorpion. I don't know if there's a, that's in the Chinese zodiac or not. Not at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they kind of went. They kind of went with the Western one in that regard. So most of them are based on the Chinese zodiac. So like, cause like she's supposed to be Scorpio, and they just let's make it a scorpion. Okay then. Hey, we're talking about demon gaze too. Oh, good. Then I'm gonna go fall asleep. <laughs> no, it's good. It's better than the original, which left me and, and absurdly it's conflicted. Also than the original because. One of the problems with the original is that the game gets open-ended at some point, and then you're forced to not finish a dungeon and come back to it later. But this one's a little bit more straightforward. Like, you'll go back to the older dungeons, but you'll go deeper into them. Yeah. it's like, And they are also just better designed, because like, there are no damage floors you purposely have to step on. These are, these are first-person dungeon crawlers, correct? Yeah. I think I need, like, one of those in my life every two years, so I think I'm good. Well, well I mean... If, if you have to play just one, I recommend Beyond the Abyss. So, well, uh, Beyond the Labyrinth. Beyond the Labyrinth. Oh, man. I never uh, Thanks, uh, Konami. Yeah, yeah, Gaijin is at this point literally just taunting us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the what I liked about the original was it kind of was better than most of the terrible wizardly wizardry clones that, that we usually get. Wizardy. Wizardry. Wizardy, yeah. Um, it's also much longer than the original Demon Gaze. Well, that's... I, well, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's fine. But, uh... Most of that's the story, actually. Yeah. What was really nice about the original was the combat was, like, absurdly fast. Like, to the point where if you weren't... <laughs> you might have to scroll back 
to like the combat log just to see what exactly happens. Because you just hold. Well, if you hold X. on the X button, it just. Yeah, exactly. Just press triangle and make it go even faster. Yeah. Which is good because if you're grinding, you don't want to sit through all that shit anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but I probably did that a little too much in like harder battles, and it was like, um. Oh, your characters are dead now. Yeah. Oh, one of your characters is dead now. What the hell just happened? Reviving still pain in the butt in that game. Oh, that sucks. Well, but most of the battles can be easily solved by you just do do post battle healing where you can get like try to get some of the staffs that restore HP. You don't have to use MP anymore. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Yeah. There's also staffs that like just let you escape the battle. Just get some good drops, and then yeah. you're set. So, yeah, it seems like a pretty good first-person dungeon crawler, and a nice break from Etrian Odyssey C5 absolutely kicking my ass. Yeah, tell me about how clo close you are to finishing that. Um, I'm on floor four. I only I do the game for review, and I put like 30 hours into it, and I got to, um, the third stratum, and that's when I decided it was good for review. <laughs> and I haven't gotten back. The to game's it. not going to change that much past that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's an interim sequel. It's like it 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 doesn't have a story since the century Odyssey. It kind of has a story, but not an important one. <laughs> <sighs> One, the one that also probably won't get uh, an untold remake because why would they? They seem to have stopped with those. Yeah, I'm not I even think sure what they're going to do with those once the 3DS dies. I think they'll do one for um, three, but that's it. Oh yeah, that would be an update of three would be nice. Because they, they did seem to hint that they do another one in this alien and the second untold. Yeah, but like Dave said, I am worried about that series post 3DS. Hmm. It's really built itself around touchscreen and yeah. two screens. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to an Etrian Odyssey 6 for Switch that just, like, forces you to hold the thing in handheld mode on, like, in portrait orientation. And just divides itself cleanly in half. Comes with a Switch stylus. Oh, man. For map drawing. You can get a capacitive screen stylus. It's not impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not. I bought a couple capacitive pens. They're just not that great. So man, yeah, I need to get a better one. Capacitive screens have really built themselves around using your fingers. Yeah. I mean, they're still making 3DS games, so they might do a remake for the 3DS and then just reinvent the series for the Switch. Like a reinvention to really take advantage of the system would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Can do I want that. I want that caliber of game to migrate to Switch because it's not really going to go anywhere else. You can do HD Rumble of some kind. I'm down for that. How you would use it? I have no freaking idea, but I swear that like yeah. half of Golf Story's soundtrack is hidden in the HD Rumble. <laughs> the things just hum in a very strange way that seems to be very specifically attuned to that game's soundtrack. Weird. Speaking of interesting ways of incorporating the music into the game experience. Oh. <laughs> Going back to a previous question. Yeah. Or like... what? It's like we planned what it then. One of the major composers for Nintendo um, since the Game Boy ga days, and he had this one theme that he always works into every single... Oh, Tataka! Yes. 
And as, I think it was one of the one of the Mario Kart games where people were trying to figure out where he'd stuck the song in, and it turns out that on one course with a bunch of Yoshis watching along, if you cut out all the sound except for them, you can hear them humming the tune. <laughs> Like, it didn't go well in so many of his games that people aren't actually sure if it's not in some of them or if people just haven't found where it plays. Yeah, at this point, it's much easier to just assume it's in there somewhere and go on a massive Easter egg hunt. I do like... I believe Totaka is the inspiration for Animal Crossing character K.K. Slider. That would make sense. Uh, He is named Totakeke in... Uh, Japan. Oh, so definitely. Um, don't yeah. Them, but yeah, okay, that definitely he is the inspiration. But yeah, like, he's a... Like, Totaka is a really interesting composer who's done a lot of great soundtracks, but I also love how many weird... Like, he'd have to have gotten cooperation with a lot of other people to get some of these... to get Totaka's song to play in some of these, so I like the idea that, like, it's an almost internal meme. Yeah. I could imagine that everyone at Nintendo's just in on this and having fun. Yeah, like, that's a fun thing to add to things. Oh, good, it's in the Virtual Boy Wario Land as well. If you wait on the end screen. If you wait after the end credits for over a minute. Yeah. I'm surprised Mario Odyssey doesn't have it in there. He didn't compose for it, so... Odyssey, Odyssey. Some people love- think it'd be a DLC for that game, but I think they'll just make it two and then call it a day. I would be fine with both of these things. Yes. Maybe like, they'll they, there's absolutely so there's so much they can still do with the mechanics in that game if yeah. they want to make a sequel. Like there's absolutely enough meat on that. Also, um, the next big game from there would probably be just a multiverse Mario game. That would be right? To the universe where everyone's just Wario? A, a universe where you're, where you're pining resolve for a, Mar- a Wario and the Waluigi pair up will happen. It has to happen, man. It has to happen. <laughs> Wario and Waluigi RPG. Make it happen. Partners in crime. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Buy the hell out of that. In some other fifth universe, there's a uh, my other great idea of frickin' Madden Muso happens as well. Yes. <clears throat> well, Walu- Mario Muso. Waluigi Odyssey. Oh man. <laughs> Everyone, just go look at uh, frickin' uh, what Charles Martinet's. Uh, can't remember which of his social media accounts he just plays with uh just plays with like Mario, Luigi, Wario and Waluigi toys and gives has them act out little skits. What? Charles Martinet is a treasure of a human being. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's gonna be sad when we lose him. It was a treat when um when Mario Galaxy came out and the GameStop pre-order calls came in and like it was Martinet talking to you yeah it's always super weird to hear like Martinet in Mario voice speaking in a complete sentence (laughs) but 
Also, his his website looks like it was created in the 90s and then never updated, which is very good. <laughs> oh, so like the Space Jam website. Oh, man, yeah, very, very... Comic Sans? Oh, man. Click on the mic for audio. Oh, man. Charles speaks fluent Spanish, French, and some Italian. Yeah, this is ancient. This, okay, everyone also look at charlesmartinet.com. <laughs> what? Charles Martin A? Yeah, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-T. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, well, I'm going to pull up the Twitter so we can see what... People sent me as their underappreciated games so far this year. Oh yeah, I'm contractually obligated by uh, people to make sure that I say that even though Yakuza was mentioned on the list of games that might be Game of the Year contenders, no one's going to nominate it and that will make me sad because it's great. Well, Sorry. And they have a chance at RP Gamer, so you never know. It is well beloved by many on staff. As it should be. Uh, <coughs> speaking of staff, we have a message from uh, our good friend Lol Whoops, who first apologizes for not sending questions a while, which is totally fine. Uh, but he says, I would love to hear your opinion on Monster Hunter Stories. This game has been one of the few games that I actually played this year and love it. Did you guys try it out? I haven't, but I'm not a time to play it. I played the demo, and I found the story incredibly annoying, and did not go further than that. <laughs> I appreciate that Monster Hunter Stories' plot involves the concept that you are living in the only place on the planet where no one, where people don't hunt monsters. <laughs> and that, like, you're some sort of backwards... You're considered some sort of backwards savages for not doing so. They said you get a ride around on them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah like that I is, riding around on my giant pink gorilla monkey thing. Yes. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a fair shake at some point, but yeah, the demo did not really grab me. I will say that. I know. I only played the demo at Tokyo Game Show a few years ago. I thought it was cute, but I really haven't tried it to get it since. <sighs> Sorry, low whoops. But check back with me later. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll have played it. Uh, I was going to say, low whoops may be happier to note that I do finally have a copy of Metabots 8 uh, and I will be nice. playing it. just to see if it improves uh. over three steps back that was Metabots 7 Let's see what else we have here uh, from Joshua Carpenter God Wars Future Pass Future Past lid under the radar but the release from the Natural Doctrine Makers, thank you for mentioning that was pretty awesome and uh, this is one I definitely need to get to at some point. I feel guilty for not having finished a review of that <laughs> yet. Along with the reviews for this guy, I have two PC and Phantom Brave PC. Uh, so have you've played a bit of this? Mm, no, I haven't touched it. That's why I feel even okay, guilty. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it looks really cool to me. seems like a tactical-ish RPG. Um based on Japanese mythology. I actually have the cloth poster from the special edition hanging up right behind my computer, but yeah, I have not actually played it yet. 
but it does. What's that? Are we talking about God Wars? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's got the the main trinity of Japanese mythology as major background characters. Yeah. yeah. Seems seems pretty cool. Um, like mentioned, it's from the developers of Natural Doctrine, i.e., uh, the game that only I loved, apparently. Uh, so. <laughs> Definitely on my list of games to play. Uh, so hopefully, I, I liked it, it but it, it's one of those games that just might be too weird for most people. Yeah. Too avant-garde. Uh, let's see. Mr. Carpenter also has another question. He says, uh, "What do you think of these story DLC plans that stretch out?" Stretch on for a year or longer, thinking of Final Fantasy XV and Xenoblade 2. Personally, I usually ignore them. I've played the game and moved on, or they act as a reason to wait for the for a game of the year release. Uh, it's 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 a very game by game basis thing. Like, yeah. how much do I care after I finish the game? For FF15, I'll probably play all of them eventually. But same. I, I have 15, but I only got the base game. I didn't get the season pass. But I'm thinking I'll wait until they're all done. Yeah. Say, like Borderlands or the Fallout games do that kind of thing? Or was yeah, it yeah. yeah, for the most part it's just that like some of these have been content plans that stretch out for more than a year. Like, I mean, FF15 came out in November of last year. so And it's, its last major story piece of DLC comes out in like two weeks. Hmm. <laughs> But otherwise, no, not really much difference here. It's just like I don't like if I cared about the game enough to want to play it when it came out, then I might like we'll see how I'm feeling when a year is out and all the DLC is out. But otherwise, like more of a game I don't actually care about isn't going to hold me. Isn't going to make me try to want to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm all for more story DLC like this. Um, I mean, it's really a preference thing, too. Like, for a lot of the, like, Fallout games and stuff like that, I usually like to wait for the Game of the Year release that has all that DLC together, just to have it all on disc, so... But, I mean, in general... You know, I'm not really going to wait on... I'm I'm not the type to wait on purchasing any game, even if I don't end up playing it right away. It just... Yeah, I'm I've got a couple that... Like that. <laughs> I've got a couple that I'm never going to be able to play unless I figure out a way to finally fix it PlayStation 3. <laughs> um, which I really should actually get the thing out and try to fix it properly, because I've been um, procrastinating for a year and a half at this point. Ooh. Um, yeah. It's just, I don't actually use my television for anything anymore. Um, because I don't really have much of a chance to play anything in a sit-down style because I don't have a lot of time when there's not a baby in the house. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm worried about my PS3. I mean, I got a big backlog and I haven't touched a lot of those games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they stopped making this console and emulators out there aren't that great yet. I mean, they're great for playing Persona Five and nothing else. Yeah. 
And I mean, my, I mean, the problem with my PS3 has always been, or has most recently been, that the actual motors in the disk drive no longer eject. Ooh. I mean, they will try to eject, and it used to be I could get the disk out far enough I could pull it out, but that doesn't happen anymore. Actually, which, is why, which is why it still has the exact same semi-mediocre PlayStation game in there as it used to, as it did last <laughs> time. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. I actually picked up a new PS3 when I saw that there was probably not going to be another production run on them because it was just like if this like my old one is halfway dead anyway. If I want to get this and actually play all these old games, I'm going to need a newer one. Yeah. I am tempted, but again, not as much TV ex- or good playtime accessibility. Gotta get yourself a Switch. I am tempted, but I'm actually thinking of getting a Vita first. Fair enough. I mean, between... I mean, let's see. We've got Persona 5 on there. We've got the entire Atelier series at this point. Um, we've got Saga Scarlet Grace. We've got um, the next Metal Max game. Um, it's like, all of the series that I actually like are at least semi-available on Vita. I yeah. cannot, I cannot guarantee any actual quality to some of these Vita versions, especially for Atelier, unfortunately. They are not um, very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The Vita is a reminder to me that it's like the little engine that could, but it can't. <laughs> it could not be any worse than me playing Atelier Sophie on my laptop here. With... with <laughs> with lag times that were that would have been incredibly unreasonable if it didn't actually help me hit stuff on the field more easily. And also a bug where it would regularly remove people's eyes, hair, and accessories, stick them on other people's heads. That's like that's like a that's like Assassin's Creed Unity level mess up. That's horrifying. A little yeah. bit. Yep. So, unfortunately, I've got a whole bunch of nice games on my Steam library now that I'm pretty sure I still cannot play because my computer just won't hack it. There's a few I actually want to try to see if they're even reasonably mediocre, and I can't, because I've got like a 10 frame per minute Oof. on one of these. Was that door? Yes. It'll write to the screen eventually, I swear. Yes. My hope is that the Switch is what the Vita should have been. It's kind of what it's on track to do. Yeah. And visual novels seem to be on track for it being the go-to device in the future. Yeah, they seem to have just sort of like, well, this is this is a Vita but larger, and it's selling better. So, selling better has never really stopped the visual. More novel. powerful Vita. That's true. That's true. I mean, the PlayStation Portable's last two years were ninety percent visual novels. Yeah, it, it's get so, that sweet fuse. It's so bizarre. I mean, the, the Switch it's, version of Knights of Azure Two, which is not a very good game compared to the first game. Performs better on the Switch than it does the PS4. Well, that's... <laughs> they must have very specifically optimized for Switch over PS4, which is a strange choice. To which be is weird because down. there's a Vita version, which plays even worse. The... <laughs> oh. Uh, well, oh I don't think the Switch version exists in Japan. I think it's just the Vita version. That's even more tragic. <laughs> and the PC version is the most optimized, apparently. Huh. Well, that depends on how well optimized your actual PC is, because mine is not. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah. So, so I'm guessing they they like tweaked it to be more like the Vita, but then they souped up all it so that it doesn't have the technologies the Vita had. But it depends on your build. Yeah. Which is weird because most Koei Tecmo games on PC are garbage. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking the Gust branch, which they should mm-hmm. be better than have. Yeah, the yeah. They should be ashamed of themselves for basically just porting the Vita version of Fierce. Because it uses the assets from the Vita version, which is just like... Because, because when you're looking in the menus, you could see um, they use the icons from the Vita version, which are lower res than the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm just thinking or I'm of many different issues on Sophie. I'm thinking that they could have done the localization so much better. I'm actually surprised Shally runs as well as it does compared to the, um, the Mysterious series, apparently. I mean, the, the Mysterious series, and personally, in my opinion, I think the Mysterious series represents a general downturn in series quality. Yeah, I mean, that's not something I would argue against, because um, I didn't... I mean, Fierce was, like, okay, but, but it, it got to the point where I was like, I'm just wandering around aimlessly, and there's, like, no real goal other than, like, to pass this test, which is, like, far off. And, and when you pass the test, you finally get do get free reign. But, like, there's no bosses or anything. There's generally not any bosses in your average Italia game, but the series has always had a bit of an issue with balancing openness versus goal, orient, um, goal orientation. And some games of the series have done much better at it than others. It's also less optimized, because, mm-hmm. cause like, we get Shelly, and they finally got 60 FPS mostly constant on the PS3, and then we get to the PS4, and it's like, um, there's some frame pacing issues here. Yep. The writing's also not as good. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that's to pick up. I remember a, Nick a describing game. Phyllis as like the most annoying little teenage teeny bopper you ever did see. It seems to me like they're just releasing too many games too fast. No, I mean they're all they've never really changed from. I've heard that Blue show. Reflections okay though. I mean, at least for the um, Atelier series, it has literally been one a year for the last twenty-five years. Has it? Yeah. At least, I mean, there was one year Dang. where they had Annie and Lena release in the same year because of some production problems with Annie. Um, <laughs> After Liddy, they should take a like a two, maybe three year break. <laughs> maybe, but that's just not. Um, I'm more willing to bet that they're just going to reboot again and do a different generation series, and hopefully, it will turn out more like the Arland or Dusk games than the mm. Mysterious games. I mean, it's. I mean. I wouldn't say it's really a creativity problem because they've managed to prove that you can make quite a few variations on the same basic game concept and have them look nothing alike. Um, it just—it really seems to be more of an implementation problem this time. Mm. I, just... I mean, Sophie had some major issues with balancing how and when you actually got story, um, plus um, some of the the crafting item abilit- availability was weird. Combat just took a step back, and they yeah they just gutted the combat system when they should have been working it up. Um, I'm kind of concerned that the 
the Mysterious series has been putting a lot more into the into certain aspects of the visual paradigm more than anything else. Yeah, it's like with their Night Soldier too. They like it seems like they went out of their way to make it more fan servicey. Yes, and I, I'm pretty sure that's the Koei Tecmo influence there. <laughs> I mean, I mean the the series has always been really big on nice uh, graphic representation of the characters, but um, like Plakta in Sophie was just um, her base costume was. Seriously, you're going to dress her like that? <laughs> Seriously, a 40-something-year-old guy dressed her like that? That's kind of, that's creepy. Yeah. Especially well. he has such an obvious thing for dolls. <laughs> wow. I have to wonder if, like, games like Senran Kagura are made by dirty men or if they're actually just made by people who just wanted to have a giggle. Because so, like, the, I like, feel like Senron Kagura is the So you've got the creator of Veroni Kenshin being arrested for child porn. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised at that. So, so I was like, is the adult industry like more full of people that are legally abiding citizens, and then the manga industry is full of sexual perverts? <laughs> no, there are, it's pretty much across the board. Um, I mean, but I mean. Some of the legal standards and... I mean, there's all sorts of really weird stuff going on in the manga industry. Um, a couple years ago, the mayor of Tokyo tried to pass a chi anti-child porn in an illustration law. But the way it was worded, he very nearly outlawed the presentation of any woman with a size less than a double F cup. Wow. <laughs> because, because any naturally proportioned woman... In um, drawn in a manga style, would appear too young for the purposes of this law. How ridiculous it turned out! Yeah, uh, they they had manga artists protesting in front of city hall for a while. Um, but I'm just I was really surprised to see that news because I'm thinking, how bad did it have to be to actually get him arrested in this country? I mean, I have been to yeah, great. Not specialty bookstores, but regular bookstores that had Shotokan manga in one special section of the shelf. Wow. Um, and this was in the, within the last five years. Um, I mean, I know several specialty stores downtown where you can go and get doujinshi porn, which, in the audience, if you don't know the difference here, there's several different gradations of porn manga in Japan, starting from the just show the boobs and kind of block and kind of buzz out the genitals that you can find in the convenience stores through to the it's technically blocked because it's got a tiny black line over something e even if that's blocking like 1% of the total picture all the way to the doujinshi um, amateur titles which are basically tequila bibles uh, not tequila, Tijuana, Tijuana Bible. Bible Tijuana <laughs> Bible um which, if you don't know what those are, Google it. It's going to be a very in interesting learning Educational journey about lost pop culture. <laughs> yes. Um, I only made the mistake of buying one of those once. Oops. Um, just, just because, you know what? Um, it, Endless Frontier exceed that most of the characters look like they should appear in porn at some point. I'm curious <laughs> how this turns out. Um, 
it turned out really weird for that half of the doujinshi. The other half of the doujinshi was based on some series I've never heard of that I am never ever going to look up ever again. <laughs> um, I've been three pages into it and I realized this would get me arrested and probably sent to prison for ten years in America just for purchasing it. At Having least. known it existed. Yes, let's just turn around and sell it back to the store right now. Sure, I just made like, I got like ten cents back on the dollar for the resell. It's worth it not to possess it anymore. Yes. So this is why I'm kind of surprised that somebody actually got busted for child porn um, in this country. So, yeah, that's a nightmare, and I'm going to go not think about that ever again if I can help it. (laughs) Yes. Um, So it's like, it must have been something rather extreme. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, like, it's one thing to have, like, cartoon fantasy shit, but it's another entirely to have actual child porn. Actually, yeah, that's what I'm wondering now, because... I mean, I read the articles and it was just like, oh, manga artist caught with child porn. I'm like, my first thought was it was illustrated. And it's no, that doesn't make it any better, but okay. Um, but if it was actual photographic stuff, then yes, oh man. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, you, yeah. My beautiful podcast. <laughs> we have gotten into this dark place. So, looking forward to, or looking towards future generations, which games would you save for your son or daughter to play in the future? Xenoblade, hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles. Hmm. Xenoblade, yeah. But uh, everything that's on the SNES Classic, I guess. Yeah, that thing is a perfect time capsule. The only thing I don't like about it is Kirby's Dream Course. That has not aged well. I think it's important to occasionally see the parts of a franchise that have aged poorly. Yeah. But I would also stick uh, Chrono Trigger on there as well. Mm, that's a good one. But otherwise, I think that that thing is a near-perfect gem of, like, here, these are the best things that you could have owned on an SNES. It's not all of the best things, but they're the Is best there, like, a way to update the firmware on that? Because, like... There's, like... 1,400 plus games on that console, so I'm sure they have to have missed a few. No, I'm saying that it's the it's the best representative cross-section, is how I would put it. True, true. So yeah. I like a way to, like, find a way to, you know, make a quick save on the buttons. Uh, they, they don't officially update the firmware, but I'm sure that there's some things you can do to like, it. Use a, like, a map of quick save and quick load to the other triggers if you're using a pro controller. I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think there's anything built in to do that, unfortunately. But I feel like you can ask bitter old Uncle Internet, and he'll have an answer for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah trying to think of like, I I would want to limit it to like a handful of games per system because I feel like that's a more easy thing to digest. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Quick five to ten games for the PS1. Mm. Well, right now? Do it. Uh, okay, well, I, let's see which ones I've still got. I've got Moon. It's mm. going to be a good one to say, just because it's weird. Um, let's see. Um, for Final Fantasy Nine. Nice. Um, it, I think it ages better than the other two. Final yeah. Fantasy uh, Tactics. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Tengai Malkyo Apocalypse 4. That's the Saturn game. <laughs> no, that's Saturn, unfortunately. Uh, oh, yeah, it's also on the PSP, though, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was the first three games that got put on the PSP version. I remember I remember um, checking this one out for Jooms a few years back. No, no four. Um, so it's one, th- two, and the Kabuki Den? Or... Yes. Ten- Thankfully, three got its fan translation finished. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm having a harder time coming up with stuff to say from the PlayStation period. Cause yeah, I would honestly say zero. that while it was a very important... Uh, yeah, zero. Um, for actually, a lot of the stuff I would have saved, I can probably find on DS now. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, is that a lot of the PS1's best games like either have not aged well or got ported elsewhere. So. Yeah. Um, for... I mean, for DS, I still have my original version of Nino Kuni with two copies of the Magic Master book. <laughs> uh, the uh, much better I, version I, of the game. I, I, got, I got a second copy when I got the PlayStation 3 version. It is still in plastic wrap. <laughs> I keep so, forgetting that there's a Nino Kuni 2 that will be out like early next year. That I apparently have, has a lot of the same problems the first game did. Uh, <laughs> or, I was not a fan of the PS3 version. Because, like, the one thing I hated about that game was the AI was just completely dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's a level 5 game. Um, But the DS version was better constructed on a story plot level. Whereas they have... They share some chapters, but not all of them, I think. (laughs) Listen. Well, it's not the same chapters, it's just that they took out most of the plot of chapter 3. I will... Um, And placed it with rather useless stuff. I will forgive all of level 5 sins as long as they keep making yokai watch. That's all I have to say. Yeah. There is just hoping that the 3DS doesn't die before yokai watch 3 gets There's a on. luchador um, variant of Jibanyan in that series. Uh, yes. Holy hell. What a surprise. There's a Tom Cruise variant of Jibanyan in that series. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Dallin's of I, I'm not not even joking there. Tom Yan from Yokai Watch. He's got the like the early '80s Tom Cruise style flip to his hair. Wow. Yeah, and he's supposed so, to be one of the Americanized Nyans. So, what's more American than Tom Cruise in the '80s? Well, that kind of reminds me of the episode where they had faces that looked like Will Smith and Bruce Willis. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I, I mean, I was originally assuming it was... Um, I wasn't even really thinking of that until I realized that Tom and Yan is available in one version, and his opposite number on the other version is The Last Sam and Yan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it almost sounds like God. salmon rather than samurai. Oh, oh he's dressed as a samurai. <laughs> but uh, I, I still don't think anything could ever beat the Y-Files investigators. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It's so great. Like I said, I think Wheels is just hoping that the 3DS lasts long enough for us to get Yokai Watch 3 in the U.S. Yeah. Or, I think uh, it'll happen. I mean, the, the series is starting up again on the second. 
Well, also they they also bothered with the third version of two, which leads me to assume that yeah. they figured that they. And could... it's got a new time slot of seven and eight, so that's weird. That yeah, it's a strange time seven. for a kids show. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet that they'll move the series to Switch soon enough. Hopefully, that seems like a logical progression. And they need to get yeah. my kids to try and watch that show again. <laughs> they did not. They did not like it as much as I did. I should probably keep going because it's almost one. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, here. And we'll see you on again soon. See you guys later. Bye bye. See you. Is there any other so, really weird random games to talk about? Uh, I was just going to say to close off the Yokai Watch talk. The first movie I brought my son to see in the theaters was the Yokai Watch movie. <laughs> And he wanted to leave before it was over. So, and it took forever to wow. come out on TV. So I did not know how it ended for a while. So. <laughs> you could have asked Wikipedia. I feel like it would have told you. Yeah. I'm just saying that your son probably has good taste. <laughs> uh, uh, well, this was the first one, right? Because the second one, the first I remember one, there yeah. was actually a set of vignettes, and one of them included the sto- uh, visit from Santa Claus. He might have been more interested in that one. No, the first one, and he wanted to leave right after like this awesome montage of uh, Star Wars gags that that I was like laughing hysterically at, and that he did not get at all. Because you have to have watched Star Wars. Yes, first. yes. Should have given him the Star Wars. Yeah, I, I've tried. Um, he's probably still too young for Star Wars, and so he's only watched like Lego Star Wars, which is yeah. Uh, see if you can see if you can find the old Ewoks animated series. Oh, oh heaven! <laughs> I have watched episodes of that within the past year. That is, I used to watch that as a kid. I, I'm just remembering it from a remove of about three decades, so I don't remember a lot of the episodes. But I remember one. It was a demonic totem pole that was actually different little possessed beings that would it would come apart at night and do mischief. Oh and God, I remember so- that. It could add it could add people to the totem pole, and, ch- and change them into new demonic minions. Yeah, I'm just remembering the live like, action made I for teeth or something someday. But that's the only episode of that of that series I remember. I'm just remembering the live action made for TV Ewok movies. Why? I only saw. Why? I, saw, <laughs> I used to have the Battle for Indoor on VHS, so I've seen that a few times. Yep, yeah. same. I think I saw the first one at some point. But I don't remember what happened. Yeah. I just remembered it in the context of, oh, that's where the characters from the third, from that one movie I saw came from, which I think was the third one. Uh, I'm just waiting for. The, oh, good. Did you see the animated movie that was C3PO and R2D2 with a former employer or former owner of theirs? Invest. Um, I think it was investigating a salvage operation run by a demon droid or a very um. Un savory droid overlord i saw some of the show droids but i didn't see like any made for tv movie of it this one was a made for tv movie i think mm. i think i've seen that but yeah just like I, i'm anxiously awaiting for uh for further acknowledgement of ewoks the battle for endor and like caravan of courage and ewok adventure in future canonical star wars films mm. I think you'll be holding your breath for a long time. <laughs> Listen, they said Jar Jar's in The Last Jedi. What? 
No. I God. really unless it's Darth Jar Jar, I don't care. Jar Jar. Can we just call Darth him Jar Jar? Darth Darth Jotting. Okay, there we go. He's very jarring. Have you guys seen the the recut of Star Wars Episode One where they replace all the Gungan dialogue with some like incomprehensible alien voice with subtitles? And it makes about as much sense, doesn't it? it it's um, it's great, actually. Well, and, and have they, you like, ever read the uh, the webcomic series Darths and Droids? No, oh, I've seen that one. the entire series as a group of people doing a role-playing game, and it, at least, I mean, the first three, um, the prologue, epi- um, prologue episodes actually make more sense this way. <laughs> it makes more sense when you realize that Jar Jar Binks was originally being played by somebody's eight-year-old kid sister who got dragged along to the game session because her parents couldn't find a babysitter. And so she just decided, she, since she was an alien, she was going to talk funny. <laughs> That's fine. That's logical. Yes. Or that the insanely overcomplicated droid factory in the second episode was done because one character was taking over his EM for, for the week because the, original, the uh, um, usual guy was sick, and he had a chip on his shoulder because of some betrayal that he felt had been perpetrated in a previous game. So he just created this insane dungeon layout to force everyone through as a meat grinder. Oh my god. <laughs> and somehow they all made their roles anyway. Oh, oh no, they didn't. Um, so you ended up with stuff like one character getting his arm bolted down under a pile or under a plating, and then you mm. end up with C-3PO's head getting grafted onto a droid. <laughs> uh, battle droid and vice versa and yeah for the record Jar Jar being in the last Jedi is a hoax that was perpetrated earlier today that I felt was fun to repeat okay, very good <laughs> thank good. you for confirming okay <laughs> uh, you've been saved but for how long well, I figured Duncan's must not have a very long life expectancy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I was going to say, the the way I watched the original trilogy when I grew up was we had recorded, uh, they did they played all the movies on, I think it was the Sci-Fi Network, with uh, commentary by Carrie Fisher uh, in between all, right. the, uh, between all the commercial oh. breaks, which was great. And I don't think I don't think those commentaries are like available anywhere, which is just like a crying shame because it was great. It was a great way to watch the movie. But yeah, <coughs> that's that. Um, we do have one more uh, overlooked game somebody mentioned. Uh, this is from William Reyes, who says overlooked RPGs this year, huh? Would a second expansion for Titan Quest coming out two weeks ago count? Which what quest? Titan, Titan quest. quest. It was an old uh, Diablo phone. Yeah, which, didn't that come out like ten freaking years ago or so? I think it's an 04 game. Oh my god. Why is, did it get an expansion? Oh. I don't know. Why is, the, why is one of the Shining games getting a remake? <laughs> Stuff happens. Yeah, why not, true. man? Uh, okay, it was, okay, that's wrong. It's, it was an 06 game. So it was 11. 
It was recently ported to mobile devices by .emu, whose entire business model seems to be buy up something old and randomly dick around with it. Over 11 years after the release of the original Titan Quest, the expansion Titan Quest Ragnarok, uh, timed closely to Thor Ragnarok, was released for the game's anniversary edition in November 2017 by THQ Nordic. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, this is one of those things where it's just like, oh. Like, tied to what anniversary? You know, the important 11th anniversary? Is that all right? I'm remembering when Super Bomberman R proudly hawked that it was the 33rd anniversary of Bomberman. <laughs> also, the expansions being made to that game are magical, by the way. If you haven't looked at the uh, characters they've added to it. What have they added to it? They've added a lot of characters from like other Konami and Hudson franchises. God. Let me see if I can find these. I remember, like, I saw, like, Dracula had been added. <laughs> like, of course, Castlevania Dracula. Okay, Jehudi Bomber and Anubis Bomber, both from Zone of the Enders. Uh, Dracula Bomber. Uh, <laughs> Reiko Bomber from Rumble Roses. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> option <laughs> Bomber, who is the option that can surround the Gradius ship, Vic Viper. Shiori Fujisaki Bomber, who is, I believe, a character from Tokimeki Memorial. <laughs> Princess Tomato Bomber from Princess Tomato and <laughs> Salad Kingdom. <laughs> Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. Oh, no. Oh, wow. That's really... Bubblehead wow. Bomber, who is who is a Silent Hill 2 nurse bubblehead monster. <laughs> what? <laughs> Goemon Bomber from, like, the... <laughs> The Mystical Ninja games, Vic Viper Bomber, Simon Belmont Bomber, and Pyramid Head Bomber have all been added as free DLC since release. <laughs> Pyramid Head! <laughs> like, I, it kind of makes me want to buy the game. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, man. All, the, all these designs are actually really cute. You should look at these eventually, because they're really good. <laughs> But no, they just like I feel like like everyone who cared about anything involved with Konami is trying to like desperately to get their characters referenced in this game because it's the only <laughs> game anyone's been making at the company. Yeah. No, but, but hey, Princess Tomato. What about Metal Gear Five Survivor? Whatever the F it was called. Survive. Surf- that whatever. It looks real bad, man. Yeah. But yeah, but hey, we got a, we got characters. I'm just glad that there's both Vic Viper and the option that run that flies around Vic Viper. <laughs> oh. And hey, I'm always happy whenever Goemon is allowed to come out come out of the hole they buried him in. Poor poor Goemon. If only. Vic Ireland had gotten his way. Then then more companies would have been destroyed. <laughs> oh. That PS2 launch going on game is probably not great, but there's still like a part of me that desperately wants to play it. Yeah. It's kind of a soft reboot in like a direction that I don't think was wise, but 
forget what that game's called. Oh well. Uh, it is. Man, Wikipedia is thinking that when I type in Goemon PS2 that I want Gordon PS2. <laughs> Definitely related. Same thing, really. Uh, Boken Jidai Katsugeki Goemon. That is the uh, PS2 launch one that Victor Ireland was attempting to release in English. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Wheels, to get back to a question we abandoned like half an hour ago, name me five essential PS2 games. Five essential PS2 games. PS2 games? Yeah, PS2. Um, Final Fantasy XII? Fair. Yeah, these can be things that were ported to other things later. Dot Hack GU? Are we treating that as one game or three? <laughs> I'm just going to... I don't want to fill up the whole list with that. So well, treat it as a collective. Yeah. Um, well, if I'm choosing games on the premise that I'm going to be sharing them with the next generation, I would. Um, there's one game I reviewed several years ago called Sagashini Iko, which hmm. uh, it's, it's basically somebody's like middle school Dungeons & Dragons module turned into a video game. Huh. Um, it, I mean, if I wanted to introduce somebody to just, not just fighting in an RPG, but actually having to talk with people and plan out, like, who's got what special abilities to help fix the problems or solve the mysteries, that's a good one to go with. It was a pretty good game. It also made my PlayStation 2 vibrate so hard it almost fell off the desk. <laughs> That's a little concerning, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a, it was a CD-based game for the PlayStation 2. Oh. Oh, man. So that, that thing, whenever it was reading anything, it just went... Um, but it was a good game. Um, so, okay. Um, oh, it's really jumping out at me for PlayStation 2. I mean, Persona 3 and 4, but not for kids. Um, yeah. Uh, Show them that when, they turn in, when they're about 15, 16. I was going to say, she would need a reading level of about that in Japanese in order to read it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not joking. I learned some very interesting kanji from Persona 3. Yeah, I feel like once you start getting into things that... Once you get into some of the weirder, like, backstory explanations, you probably get some strange com- kanji combinations there. Oh, not even, I mean, just in basic stuff, like, um, there are certain pronouns in Japanese that are only normally written out in hiragana, but once you get to uh-huh. the high school level, you will see them in kanji. Oh, um, boy. There, um, in Japanese, the verb for to listen, to hear, and to ask a question are pronounced more or less the same and have the same kanji now, but they used to have three different kanji and you still see those in high school level literature. Oh, heavens. And Persona 3. It's a game for high schoolers. You should know this already. This is also exactly. a game. Um, so stuff like that. Uh, How about Romancing Saga PS2? Oh, oh yeah, I'm never selling that one. No, that's the <laughs> game. 
buy a PlayStation 2 in the first place. I'm keeping that one, yes. I feel like I got a real steal on that by finding it in, like, pristine condition used for $5. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember coming home from work that afternoon or that evening and stopping by Yodabashi Camera at Hakata Station and just going in and buying a PlayStation 2 and that game. Mm. Worth every penny. Yep. Yes. Every yen. Uh, all all 25,000 of them, yes. <laughs> Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. That yes, is the game that you will find yeah. nothing else like. I mean, I... I mean, I will admit, I did try to sell that with some other stuff um, last year when I was doing my um, game shelf purge. Mm. But um, at the store, and we were going over how many of the games were like 5 yen to sell back. And the guy at the counter actually said, you know what, you might be better off just keeping this one and selling it directly to somebody else or just enjoying it. And I'm like, yeah, I will. I understand. I will keep this one instead. <laughs> you, you, you might. You're basically giving it to us if you actually sell it here. Oh no! I mean, we already. I mean, selling back for for any game or for most games in this country, selling back to the store is basically getting a minor remuneration for putting them back into um, circulation. Um, he was actually saying, you know, this game is worth keeping. Oh, he was actually oh. saying, making a quality judgment on it. Yes. Oh. Good good taste. Smart. Yes. Um, what else? PlayStation 2. I, 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 really, I can't really recommend anything from Nippon Ichi because that requires too much of a time investment, too much patience, and... They're very of-the-moment games. Yes. So that entire opus, no. Um, How about no? Stay me, stay with me for a second. A little yes. game called Unlimited Saga. I wouldn't recommend that to a child. <laughs> no, but I have held on to it just so I can have access to certain floor plans if I ever need them for an art for a like a tabletop game. <laughs> yeah, it basically is just someone's tabletop campaign, so that makes sense. Uh, Oh, it's not the only one in that series that was somebody's tabletop campaign. I mean, you look at *Romancing Saga*, the first one, especially, yeah. and you look at the you look at the mythology behind it. You look at the history behind it. This is someone's attempt to create their own second edition *Advanced Dungeons and Dragons* yeah. setting. Yeah, I but mean, like, *Romancing but... Saga* two has very much the same quality to it. Yeah, more. I was just saying, like, *Unlimited Saga* is that without any attempt to like hide what they've done. Like, to add <laughs> any more gameplay elements to it, it's just, here's a tabletop campaign. I was trying to think of what, o what other PS2 games would be essential. Um... I'm going to say, like, I wouldn't give this to a child, but some permutation of Metal Gear Solid 3 needs to exist in my library at all times. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to Metal Sug on the PlayStation 2 just for collection purposes, but I don't think I'll ever play it again. A, a tragic, a tragic uh, cautionary tale. Yes. Yes. Um, num, 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 oh. I mean, I've got some more PlayStation games that I'm going to be holding on to forever. Um, 
mm-hmm. Mark of uh, Mark of the Mermaid just because survival horror Lovecraftian tactical RPG. You don't really find that anywhere else. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that one. That one sounded insane. Yeah. Um, and um, Mermanoid, partly because I actually have a fan novelization that went way off the rails and is currently being updated on Tumblr. <laughs> uh, just, just because many years ago after I posted the review for that thing, somebody actually emailed me asking for an explanation of the ending (laughs) and and why the final boss was who she was and that got me to thinking and then yeah I'm I've probably made it about through a a third of the game actual game plot on the story now Um, it's been on hiatus for five years but um, it's still at like 190 um, pages um yeah, so, um, yeah, I've got a Tumblr account with a lot of random fiction on it, and so please, everybody, check it out sometime. I'll put the, I'll post the link in the, um, in the forum thread eventually. Yeah, no. Yeah. Toss, oh, that, yes, toss I'm also that on playing, there. People should see it. Yeah. Also playing NaNoWriMo this month again. Oh, nice. How's that going? Yeah. Um, I've got a toddler in the house. How do you think that's going? <laughs> Not so great, actually. Um, well, I'm still like five. I'm still like five days behind on my typing because I I write in a notebook and then type it up yeah. later because I know that I am not going to actually be able to compose anything regular on a computer. Yeah, no, so, notebooks uh, are really good for that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, assuming that I actually settle down tonight and write something before the before midnight um, I will at an estimate probably be at 25 to 26,000 words that's not bad given the handicap of a toddler in the house <laughs> yeah um, last year I, I actually managed to finish an entire novel at 40,900 Wow finished it all on the 30th which is nice <laughs> that must have been satisfying yes. And then with um, additions and edits and everything, I managed to push it up to 46,000. Nice. Um, this year. Oh, Wheels, actually, fun story about this one. Um, last year's NaNoWriMo story actually started from a letter that I was always intending to write to you for Q&A, and I never did. Oh, do tell. Um, because we were, um, we were always passing back, um, back and forth stuff about, like, okay, try this game concept challenge or that kind of thing. And one topic I wanted to bring up was um, what non-European mythology, legend, fantasy, whatever, would you utilize as the basis of an RPG? Yes. Mine would be Egyptian, for sure. So, the choice I was going to go with for this conversation that never happened was actually Hawaiian. Because um, um, from a... uh, a vacation in 2006, which was kind of a comedy of errors. I shall not say any more about it. But I came out of it with a copy of um, of Westerveld's Legends, uh, Myth and Legend of Hawaii, published about a hundred years ago now. And there was one section of the Pele myth cycle that I really liked. It was basically um, it was a mythic journey narrative where one day in a dream, the goddess Pele went out in her dream form and skipped a few islands over to Kauai, or Kau- um, I think it was Kauai or somewhere like that, and she met a really not really 
punky dude, and she really liked him, and she decided, you know, I'm going to have this guy as my husband. So she puts him into a magical coma so that he will just keep for her. She has to go back to her body, and she can't actually leave the big island where her volcano is, so she sends her little sister to go get the guy. And her little sister almost literally goes through hell and back trying to fetch this huh. for her big sister to marry. <coughs> and big sister starts going crazy from insane, jealous delusions because her she knows her little sister is so nice and of course any guy would fall for her. And so it just gets really crazy at the end and I thought that this would be really fun. Our um, concept to work with for an RPG. I want to play that game now. <laughs> yep. So, um, so last, so, um, so for Vacation 2015, actually, um, or six, no, yes, yeah, 2015. Um, my wife and I went to Hawaii for a family reunion, and so I just started reading through the book again. And I remembered this idea that I had. And, so I actually started um, writing it down again and realizing which parts I'd accidentally transposed to other myths. And then figuring, <laughs> you know what? Let's just have some fun here. Let's mix it up. Let's, uh, let's focus on some things that the, uh, that the guy who compiled this collection of legends obviously did not want to focus on too much. And came up with something a little different. And that was my NaNoWriMo project last year. Nice. Yeah. And for the curious Genesis. Hmm? What? No, just just a curious Genesis. Oh, that's some of the best ones, though. Yeah. I'm going to have to come up with an idea for my uh, Egyptian RPG now. Oh, yeah. It's important that someone do so. Well. Well, here's a, here's a great idea. You could be the first person to start some sort of order that stops this other order. You are not just order. going to do the Assassin's Creed <laughs> Origins plot right here and right now. No, no. <laughs> I know. Well, one, okay, a different fun one that I came up with. It was essentially um, okay. So you take the concept of the Mayan calendar running out, and then you basically go full Megaton on that. So you've got um, you've got the um, the New World and Old World pantheons duking it out over Mexico City um, hmm. in the middle of this, and you're. Um, your character is either working for or getting assassinated by various Aztec cultists, hmm. and um, and just for fun, um, you've got a couple of Vatican hitmen known as Los Armanos Azules, who are on a mission from God in their uh, black suits and hats to try and kill you. Good times. Yes, I'm down for that. Yeah. Oh, and just for fun, um, the Aztec god of crossroads. I, I this is um, I pick I read a lot of really odd mythology books when I was in elementary school, 
So I happen to know that the Aztec god of crossroads was a really chill dude, but his holy symbol is a swastika. Ooh. So, so I'm just imagining this character appearing in the game and having this long diatribe about that dickhead from Germany who just completely ruined the holy sign. Seriously, dude, what were you thinking? And being um, rather... <laughs> Uh, Dave, any choices from, um, for non-European mythology? Hmm. Uh, wouldn't really call this mythology per se, given that it's a like set of practice tenets. But like, I feel like there's a lot of culture that you could expand from places like the Indian subcontinent. I uh, know. I mean, a lot, a lot of Hindus would be quite willing to characterize some of the more interesting aspects of their religion as mythology. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't usually use the word mythology to describe a religion that is practiced by li people that are alive, so that's just a personal thing. Yeah. But yeah, like, I feel like there's a lot of interesting... I mean, uh, we're talking about a religion where one of the holy books um, specifically has multiple, I mean, min um, variations upon variations of different creation myths specifically tailored to different major deities because they're not quite sure who actually started it all, but they want to cover their bases. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yes. But, yeah, uh, like, I feel like there's, that's a that's a rich one. Yeah, I, I remember having an um, idea about a basically Valkyrie profile, but with the run-in to Kali Yuga instead of Ragnarok. Hmm. Yeah, and just basically, I mean, very much the, almost the exact same concept as Valkyrie Profile, but with Hindi cosmology. Hmm. It's an interesting idea. I mean, because you really do have a lot of the same um, basic um, elements of involved. Yeah. You've got you've got psychopomps, you've got warring de um, sets of deities, you've got reincarnation out the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you could, I mean, heck, you could just take Valkyrie Profile's um, plot as it is and retailer it for Hinduism. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's one of the ones that I, I would probably try to explore if I had the choice. Mm -hmm. but, uh, there's a lot, there's, like, it, it just, when you even go on these thought exercises, you realize how much just interesting mythology and like culture and beliefs that like don't really get touched upon because they don't show up in the standard grab bag of like where fantasy takes place or is about yeah i mean it's uh, i mean the only reason japanese mythology shows up as much as it is as it does is because the guys making these games are japanese yeah yeah and i have learned more about japanese mythology from the megaton series <laughs> than anything. yeah a lot of like I, I would imagine that, like, the fact that Japanese mythology shows up but plays, like, a lesser role in a lot of this is just because, like, well, it's not exotic for the target audience of people who live in Japan. And because of the game industry over here, it is no longer 100% exotic to the American audience. Yeah, so... So... But yeah, like, that's one of the things that did make Megaton fun when it first showed up. It's just like, oh... It's it's not something I was used to seeing in stuff that actually gets localized. 
Or at least not as overt in any case. Yeah, but there are oh so many reasons why it didn't get localized for a long time. Yeah, SMT2 in 1995 would probably have been a hard sell. SMT1 would have been like, a hard enough sell. <laughs> I, I'm just imagine I'm just imagining them trying to pitch this to Nintendo of America and saying, oh, yeah, and by the way, um, about um, an hour and a half into the story, Tokyo gets nuked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, the American ambassador turns out to be the god Thor, and he calls down Thor's hammer, which is a thermonuclear strike on the city. And it's like, what? Oh, yeah, and before that, um, the uh, the Her- um, Heron character is crucified or um, um, on live television. Um, sir, sir, I'm not sure what you think this system is in America, but we just got done turning the Bible into magic book. Yes. Um, or, yeah, magic book, and it was shown on the Trinity Broadcasting Network, where they really would not have minded it being called Bible stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, or no, Superbook. Superbook. Oh man, Superbook's amazing. Yeah, I, that was the only thing I ever watched on Trinity. It's a really strange show, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the very fact that you have to fight Yahweh in, in, Mega, in Shin Megami Tensei 2. Yeah, like 2 is the one that, like, if you had somehow gotten 1 through, which you would never have gotten, but like when you got to 2, it's just like, oh, what if we do now? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, yes, the, the, vague, um, the fake Christian temple was a major element in the first game, but it is the villain group in the second game. Yeah. Like, even if you take law, you have to... Even if you're in the... Even if you are law-aligned in Shin Megami Tensei 2, you fight Yahweh. Yes. Mainly because he wants to reboot the planet. Yeah. It's like, like yeah, this, um, Yeah, yeah, it was all a bad idea. We'll just flood it all and start over again. Listen, we're gonna reboot. We're gonna have like a like lighter and softer touch. It'll be better for families. Earth two, get on it. That was a good show. <laughs> different, different. Okay, excuse me. Earth the reboot. Yeah. Earth twenty sixteen. I know. I mean, that's essentially what happened in Shin Megami Tensei four. Yeah. And you're living in the aftermath of it. Pretty much. Well, and if Rosa you Versailles is outlawed. Mm-hmm. And Rose of Versailles is outlawed. Yeah, no accounting for taste. <laughs> well, the important thing with SMT4 is that you can open a black hole. I was going to say, you're living in the consequences unless you happen to make the choice that reduces the entirety of existence to null. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times. For the record, I didn't know that was going to happen. Neither did I. <laughs> Neither did I. So, and I, I remember having a conversation on how difficult it was to get the true neutral ending in that game, and I'm like, then I came to the realization, no, the, the truest neutral ending is where you turn everything into nothing. Yeah, the, the <laughs> like, abject, like rejection of existence <laughs> ending is, more, is the truest of neutrals. Yeah, it's the neutral good ending that is incredibly ridiculously counterintuitive to manage. Yeah, because you like, have to you you have to go along with one path 
specifically all the way to almost the end and then do a complete heel face turn towards the other path to reset the or something like that. It's basically like you need to be it, it works a lot better if you are slightly tending to one or the other and then pick the opposite uh, on the final choice because there's just no neutral final choice. You just have to pick one. Yeah, and that was not a good design choice on their part. Yeah, I don't think I don't know how Apocalypse works because I haven't taken the time to finish it, but I think its ending works very differently. So, hopefully, they don't try pulling that again in five. Yeah, I mean, I hope they fix part of it in four final. Yeah, I actually play that, but well, well for like, for Apocalypse slash Final is a is a sequel. It's a different game, so yeah. So I'm I'm just hoping that they actually do make it easier to do a a true neutral ending, or a yeah. neutral good ending. Yeah, I'm given to understand that its ending is much, like, it's much more in the player's control what ending you'll get in Apocalypse slash Final. That's good. Yeah, like, I, I need to play that, because I have it lying around, and I really liked for for all of its warts, so... Uh, I should do that before 5. Like, they just, I believe just today confirmed... Surprising no one. Oh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is also coming out in America around the same time yeah. that it does in Japan. It's like, duh. I'm shocked, sir. Shocking. <coughs> yeah, so. I need to get the lead out on Apocalypse. There's a lot to play right now. Yeah, video games. There's too many of them. There's a lot of them. Like, Next year should be more calm because Nintendo's not launching a system and therefore isn't doing like this horrendous, terrifying tap dance of we got games. Look, there's some Zelda and Mario and Splat and Mario Kart and Xenoblade and yeah. So that will probably calm down a little bit. Mm. <laughs> Listen, I have to believe this. <laughs> okay. Don't take this away from me. It's good to have dreams. I've got dreams. Big stupid dreams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we start wrapping this thing up? Probably. That's probably a good idea. What All time right. is it over there? 10.25 for me and like 1.25 for wheels? My clock well, says one twenty six. Time, yeah. <laughs> it's time for Wheels to go to go before he falls asleep at the switch. I I had I, I just I had a coffee a little while ago. I'm good. <laughs> and I'm not at the switch. I'm at the Wii U right now. You're playing on a Red X right now, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Listen, I'm finishing that up... That means you have not had enough coffee. Listen, I'm, I'm finishing up the missions that are going to get me my skill, finally. And then shit is going to get real in this game, so... What know. are you going to do when 2 comes out? Are you just going to play them both at once? I don't know. We'll see how my, my brain figures it out. Well, I mean, they're two very different games, to be quite honest. It's true, it's true. Like, X very much feels like a cast off into a different direction. Yeah, like, I mean, 2, I'm probably going to fire up, and the story will probably suck me in, but, you know, X, I've put down and picked up a bunch of times and have never really felt lost, because 
the story comes in very small bursts, and most of the time... It's a very mission-based experience. Yeah, most of the time you're wandering around the giant world, trying to find stuff, fighting weird monsters and stuff, and... Yeah. All the more reads, and they should re-release it on Switch. <laughs> yeah, it really needs a re-release, because it's this amazing, awesome game that and came out no on a system... no one played it. Yeah, that no one played, because it came out on a system that no one, almost no one cared about. I cared. I cared no as well. Just re-release that, and re-release Tokyo Mirage Sessions, because that deserved to find audience, too. I mean, why they're... Yeah, and why they're doing stuff, they, they could... They could do like a two-pack of put this and the original Zero Blade Chronicles and a nice little remaster on the Switch. That would be nice. Yeah, it won't happen, but it would be nice. Uh, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I'm sure that Nintendo wants more content, and yeah, if I mean, you if you haven't played it, it's new to you. They just released Skyrim, which I forgot the original version of that came out in 2011. Yes, came out six freaking years ago, and that they released that at sixty dollars, and as far as I can tell, did quite fine. So it is still one of the top sellers in the U.S. eShop. Yeah. So my expectations on what can do well on the Switch are like freaking anything. Over under starts at everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm still, like, there's still a part of me that is both amused and appalled that Capcom was like, yeah, we sold half a million units of Street Fighter 2. We're not even sure how that happened. <laughs> it's like, what? It's not like, there, it's not like there was, like, a dearth. Of, I know it was, like, a launch title, so there's that, but it's not It like, wasn't a launch game. It didn't come out oh, that's at That's right. That's right. It came out, like, three months later. And it's not like there was an absence of software. There was a ton of stuff on the damn system right away. And I'm still I'm still utterly baffled that indie games are selling better than they have on PC. On the but like, Switch. no one buys things on PC. But the thing that like no one buys things at launch on PC. They buy them in Steam bundles like six months later when they're three dollars. But <laughs> they're selling better than things like on PS4 that has like four times the install base. Yeah. Oh, like, I mean, they've said it's yeah, yeah. I mean, they've said it's done better than like lifetime sales of these games on PC, like after sales and whatnot, or that sorts of thing. Yeah, like people will people like the form factor. I think it's, it's helping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, video games. But yeah, we should uh, mosey on. Out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, this has been Q&A Quest. You can send us questions on the forums where we get most of our questions. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at AskWheels. Um, I will probably actually answer your question on Twitter because I have no self-control. Uh, but we will also discuss <laughs> it on the show. I have self-control, says the man who has still not put up the last <coughs> Well, I got sick, and... I know, we talked about this. I got distracted... <laughs> It's just normally you're, when you say I have no self-control in the context of these episodes, it's like I we were going to build up a stockpile because you were going to be absent, and then you put all of them up like two days apart. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what happened there, uh, but yeah, I got sick, and then I was like, you know, I want to play some Xenoblade Chronicles X because two's coming out soon. And then got it was, some sort of mind virus, and, and then it was like, oh, I've put in about fifteen hours into this game in a week. What what happened? <laughs> Where am I? 
I think the last time that happened to me, I realized that I had just put 100 hours into Metal Max 4 over the course of the November. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the only thing that's... I think that has happened to me with Destiny, for sure. I remember, like, pulling, like, my semester at college was almost over, and I think I poured, like, I played through Persona 4 Golden twice in two weeks. Oh, God. I was, was, dear Lord. In my defense, why my 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 semester was almost over. I was very bored and also somewhat depressed, which makes it very easy to lose yourself in things that don't matter. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, God. I I regular. I mean, a lot of times when I played an Italia game, I'd play through it twice, often before reviewing it, except for Sophie. Um, but okay, but a, a game with a very strong storyline and not as much of a new game plus factor. How would it was that. so that I could get all the S-links that I had missed. I wanted to do a philosophy. Uh, oh, okay. Notably, since then, I have not played through Persona 4, because it was just like, well, I did everything in those two weeks. But did you? Did you? Yeah. Are no, you sure? Did, dude, no, I had a full compendium. I did okay. everything. Plat- platinum trophy? No, not a platinum trophy. <sighs> no platinum, man. No, so show me your no platinum for Persona 4 Golden. Please. No, I, no, I got my one platinum from Natural Doctrine. That's all I need. Show me, show me your, show me your platinum for Persona 5. Tell me how far you are in that. <clears throat> um, listen, Natural Doctrine required me <laughs> to win a hundred multiplayer games in a game that barely anyone was playing multiplayer on. <laughs> So that requires Listen, some work. I know you did that because you were doing it in the middle of a recording early in this podcast <laughs> life. Oh, it's good time. Let's just finish this. We have we okay. have done too much of this. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gaijin, for making this less stupid than it would have been otherwise. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, also, thank you to the dear departed Eric, who is possibly dead now. So. Yes, and uh, a bit of... Uh, show show news. Uh, we probably won't have another episode till later in the month because Destiny and Hearthstone expansion. So yeah. I hate this life. I hate this world. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I they're controlled. You could reasonably have said because we have plans for the for the holiday season, and you went with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm being honest. And also, those are controlled, both controlled by the same company. Why? What are they doing to me? What What did I ever do to Activision Blizzard? The, no, they're just angry that you don't also play Overwatch and Here and Heroes of the Storm. Right. Right. I don't also play those. You're right. They don't. They are angry that you don't wait with bated breath for every expansion of both of those. Okay. There we go. Well. Overwatch hasn't had any new paid content. Uh, I don't actually know what how they to... have are loot crates for uh, costumes, but yeah, but who... I, I don't care about those. Yeah, I was going to say if you were going to say who cares about those, I would say, buddy, let me tell you about the internet. Yeah. No, those because... are those are the fun prizes I get when I occasionally do well in Overwatch. Listen, all I'm going to say is that when you tell someone that they have a limited amount of time to get a costu- an exclusive costume for their favorite character, they start making bad money decisions. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they 
they kind of do that with Hearthstone because every every month there is a. Why are we having this discussion? There, there is a card back which you can only get if you <laughs> finish uh, at rank twenty in that season. Every sing- so that every single month there is a card back that you can only get if you finish at rank twenty. But that doesn't actually require any money, so that's kind of different. You can't see me, but I'm just staring incredulously at my computer trying to make sense of anything you just said. We're done here. And also, I always get those card backs because I finish high enough every month that I start well above rank 20, so there you go. This is is a discussion that I believe we have had multiple times. (coughs) Hearthstone is awesome. You guys should play it. No. Okay. All right. Anyway, yes. Thank you to our wonderful guests for drawing some sort of information, interesting discussion out of a nightmare world. Uh, you can talk. You can catch Wheels. At Ask Wheels. You can probably email him. It probably won't. No one does that, but it's fine. You can also just throw things in the thread like usual. We're done here. It was great. I hope you guys will forgive us one day. <laughs> Peace. Get ready to welcome your new overlord, who goes by the name of... Dermaton! What's my name? Dermaton! Say it again! Dermaton! I can't hear!